0: So welcome back to another episode of the Elite Body and Performance Podcast. And today we are joined by another extremely special guest, Mr. Kieran O'Neill. Um, so Kieran is the founder and CEO of Total Mental Performance. And I first met Kieran over in Dubai um, when we was having a bit of uh, what I heard from Kieran say a bit of a king day over at Train Beach Club, which I'm sure we'll lean on a little bit later on in the podcast. But I would love to welcome Kieran to the show. And Kieran, introduce yourself.
1: Yes, mate. Well, thanks so much for having me on. Uh, Hi, guys. I'm Kieran, the founder of Toads Mental Performance, with the world's fastest growing mindset service dedicated to the fitness industry. Uh, My background hasn't always been as a mental performance coach and a therapist, but I spent eight years as a boxer reaching an international level, and I spent six years working in software, um, specifically software sales, where it's a very high-performance, high-pressure environment uh, in central London, selling across Europe and selling
0: into uh, the States. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's me amazing so very very experienced in that kind of high driven high pressure kind of world as well so very very experienced for what we're about to talk out about now so one thing I'd love to lean on is a little bit of background what got you into you know the whole world of mindset
1: well started with boxing so I started boxing when I was 11 and that was quite late it's like what you're quite late to start a sport at 11 but as you know in, I mean, in today's world it's like Six is late, (laughs) but but a lot of fighters that I was fighting against, you know, had been fighting since they were six or seven. So they'd had five years on me as an 11 year old and uh, boxing is just psychology. It's just, it's you versus you, as cliche as that sounds, it literally is a lot of the time the fight is won or lost, not necessarily on the physical attributes, but it's on the mental attributes before you even got into the ring. I've had fights where I lost before I got in there. I've had fights where I'd won before i got in there. I'd seen opponents mentally destroy themselves in the ring for decisions that I was making and decisions they weren't making. Of course. So that was where I first came across it. I started working um, with a guy from a tennis background, all places. And uh, he started teaching me a little bit about mental performance and mindset. Um, then I had ended up with an eating disorder because boxing is a weight-driven sport, you're always cutting weight. Of I was course, 56 yeah, yeah. kilos at the same height, and you've seen me in real life. I was 56 kilos at the same height that I am now. As you can imagine, like that, <laughs> I was a giant at the weight, but you could see literally every single rib cage. You could yeah, see every, yeah, yeah. like every single bone, every little bit of muscle. Uh, you could wow. see it. It was it was. Um, I was severely underweight. And I had this pressure to stay at that weight because I the I was on the men's England team and that's where my spot was. It was at 56. Wasn't good enough to, to stay there. And the guy at the weight above me, I just didn't believe myself that I would be good enough. Of course. So that was tricky. That was really tricky. And um, I ended up with an eating disorder. I ended up with, um, I'm not going to say clinical depression. but like yeah. Clinical depression is years and years and years of, of, of that. Um, I hadn't experienced that for years, but... Uh, I did try to take my own life, and uh, it took a real downer. Um, so off the back of that, I started working with a lady called Hazel Gale. I thought, she's not a therapist anymore, but she's a therapist and a former kickboxing world champion and a British world champ, uh, British boxing champion. Incredible lady, changed my life completely turned the game around. And then that went from mental health side over towards mental performance. And she got me fighting again. And uh, off the back of that, I kind of realized I was fighting because I didn't feel good enough. My dad never played me as a kid when I was on the football pitch and our team was bottom of the bottom league and I still didn't get a game. So as an adult, we can laugh and go, wow, you really were dog shit. But as a kid, when your own dad doesn't play you, you really don't feel good enough. So you make that switch to boxing because it's like, well, no one can substitute me here. And uh, it's all about me. So uh, that was the decisions I made. Once I realized uh, that wasn't for me, I went into software sales. Now software sales is all about mindset. Psychology. Yeah. Business is just psychology. So I transferred a lot of the skills I'd learned from boxing, i.e., you know, working hard, staying focused, managing your emotions, making good decisions, staying consistent. And then I applied that to a software sales background. And you know, I sold I managed to sell half a million dollars um, at the age of 18 on VR software. Wow. Uh, then and I was still boxing at that time as well, but then I, I left that with the commission I'd made to go, right? I'm gonna go after my boxing. Yeah. Didn't quite yeah. work out. 22, 23 went back into, um, into the city to start selling and, uh, you know, did some really, did really well. I managed to work for Rakuten, who were the fourth largest e-commerce company in the world, sponsor of Barcelona Football Club and the Golden State Warriors. managed wow. to work for some fast growth um, startups as well. And it, it was just, it was fun, but I realized I just transferred one feeling of not being good enough into another. And sales is ultra competitive because you walk into the, to the room and you see All the deals that are up on the wall you see every single salesperson how much they've closed so everybody knows who's top dog and who's not so again that's highly aggressive highly competitive Um, a lot of comparison there's a lot of pressure you know you can see how much commission everyone's made you can see who's literally winning and who isn't Um, and then there'd be air quotes banter around that (laughs) like sly little comments you know so after a while i got it was great fun but I think sales is really good if you're skint and insecure. And then when you're not skint or insecure anymore, it's like, well, what am I doing this for? So off the back of that, I um I was studying to be a therapist, a cognitive hypnotherapist peak performance coach, and an NLP practitioner. And I actually found I enjoyed coaching the juniors more than I did the actual closing the deals. Um, so it was then when I went, right, you know what? I'm starting to get a little bit fed up and I kind of, I built this life where, where on, in air quotes, perfect. You know, I, I had a, a beautiful girlfriend at the time who's highly intelligent. I, family loved her really lovely girl living in um, central London. Um, so just down the road from London bridge station, um, really, really lovely place, uh, you know, in a senior yeah, position yeah. In, a, in a fast growth technology business, making loads of cash and, and miserable and completely yeah, of miserable.
0: Course. Yeah. 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 So
1: after that, the lockdown happened um, and in the space of, I had already been coaching for about a year on the side. And most of my contacts were really with CEOs, managers, uh, people in high performance commercial roles. And uh, I was mainly just doing that. And I got to see, when lockdown happens, I ended up with a breakup, my first pandemic, um, diagnosed with ADHD. There's a couple of other things as well, I can't remember. When it anymore. rains, it pours. <laughs> um, yeah, at the time there were big deals, but now they're not. Um, and then I just went, you know what, fuck this. I've made enough money to not have to go back to work. Um, I'm just going to, I'm already qualified. I'm just going to coach the clients that I've got. And I'm just going to see what happens. And that, that started to grow. And uh, it was really for all of that, those experiences. There's loads of other experiences I haven't mentioned. I built a nutrition app that didn't work out and lost 15,000 pounds. Was, I mean, uh, yeah, I've, yeah, absolutely. So many different things. But throughout all of that, they're all psychology games. Business, sales, boxing, They're all. it's all psychology. None of those things exist without it and I've been very lucky to be mentored by some of the top mindset coaches or even just investors in the world and management consultants so I've just been assimilating all of this knowledge yeah. for, for a decade and then um, and then the way that TMP came about was uh, Adam Haley invited me to speak out in Dubai at an event I spoke there and then of the 20 people in the room I think 12 signed up with our one-to-one I was like, okay. And then next thing you know, it just blew up. And I was already in a good spot. And then all of a sudden, the fitness industry became really clear. There's a lot of overwhelm. There's a lot of insecurity, yeah. self-doubt, not feeling good enough, not feeling worthy. So what I started to realize was, well, hang on. The fitness industry clearly needs it. Um, and then on top of that, the impact I can make in the fitness industry, believe it or not, is actually bigger than the business world. Because, of course, I can mentor a CEO or an executive typically that stays with them but if I mentor a coach
0: Goes on actually they've
1: usually got 20 to 100 I mean some of our clients have got hundreds of clients yes. under their wings so guess what when they learn all this stuff that I've experienced firsthand and studied and, and rebuilt they're passing that knowledge down to their clients Absolutely. so yes. to me it was like well this is a fucking no-brainer so now we've got you know four one-to-one coaches we've got um, our academy and we're really starting to grow and scale so really it's a mixture of um first out started out in boxing then it was the software sales, then it was even being a failed entrepreneur and then restudying and developing and growing. And I love what I do. I could just do this all day long. So it doesn't necessarily feel like work.
0: Yeah, that is absolutely incredible. And I think you're right in regards to the impact that you've had. I mean, there's so many things that I've learned from you as well that I've then copied onto my clients, you know, and then their mindsets have gone through the absolute roof. So that kind of knock on effect and that byproduct of just coaching that one fitness professional who passes it down to a hundred other people, the impact is absolutely monumental. So a huge hats off to yourself for that dude, because that is incredible. And having such a strong personal story like yourself and having such amazing relatability is absolutely brilliant. You know, going from obviously a little bit, you know, of low self-belief as a kid and then almost getting to that point where you wanted to take your own life. And then, finding yourself again then building an incredible business and having an impact to thousands you know it's such an amazing story and I think it's something that's very very good to look up to as well so a a huge hats off to yourself for that buddy so one thing I would love to lean on is the idea of self-belief because I know obviously you touched upon it with like the football as a youngster with your father and, and boxing and I've definitely kind of experienced this myself especially within my sport which was football so what would you say are some of the biggest causes of limiting self-belief, be it upbringings, be it, you know, not getting played on the football team when you're young younger and, and so forth. What would you say the biggest things that causes that?
1: so interesting to think about self-belief. And often you hear somebody say, I don't have any self-belief, but if you challenge them on that, you go, "You have none. They're like, mm, no, none. Like, Do you believe in yourself to brush your teeth in the morning? Well, yeah. yeah. Right, all right, so there's some self-belief. If you didn't believe you could do it, you wouldn't do it, right, okay. Do you play what do you, what do you do outside of your work or your fitness, or whatever? Ah, play Xbox. All right. What's your favorite game? Call of Duty. All right. Tell me more about that. Yeah, I'm actually pretty good at that. Well, pretty good kill to death ratio. i pretty good whatever. OK, well, tell me more about that then. And you see them light up. You go, Well, it sounds like you've got some belief in that area of your life. Yeah, I do. So we do have it. But people often over-rotate on the areas they feel like they don't have it. So where does a lack of belief come from? I think it's a mixture of nature and nurture. I think sometimes if the wrong person's in the wrong thing, for example, I'm 5'7", I shouldn't really be playing basketball. And sure, you could say like, yeah, like, no, there is a 5'7 basketball player, but the reality is it's just, (laughs) it's it's very, very statistically very, very unlikely. You know, Absolutely. and on top of that, if I'm not that good a player, then I'm going to always be frustrated when I'm playing basketball if yeah. that's something I put pressure and ambition on. So I do think there's an element of you've got to understand what you're good at, but you've got to understand what you enjoy and you've got to understand what you can get paid for. Yeah. And if you can do that from a career perspective, from a business owner perspective, you're going to have a lot more fun. In terms of the, the nurture part, we all have experiences when we were kids which said that we weren't enough. Yeah, and that's okay. That's normal. Like nobody goes through life not being told they're not enough. Doesn't doesn't work like that. Yeah, it's always going to happen. You're always going to come up against roadblocks. Whether that's I had a Spanish teacher because my mum's from Spain. My Spanish teacher said, "Well, your mum's Spanish, so you should find this easier than everyone else." And she wouldn't want a failure, would she, in front of the whole class? And I was like, "Oh fuck, no pressure." <laughs> fuck you, Mr. Hernandez. <laughs> that's not a <her> name, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, like you know it really makes you think so you're always going to get these these moments as a kid whether you're aware of them or whether you're unaware of them and they will impact you in your day-to-day life yeah, of course. now we work a lot of high performers that aren't even aware of how that is so there's, there's sort of two camps one person's like i know I, I struggle with belief i know i doubt myself there's another one where they're not necessarily conscious of that but they know there's a glass ceiling for them to smash through but they don't know how to get there yet yeah, so we exactly. ask the questions around that to help them identify well do you agree that there's more to get out of the performance? You just don't know where to look? Yes. Okay. Well, then let's understand where belief issues might be coming in from there. I do think kids go one or two ways. I think kids either go, they get the message from the outside world. They say, yeah, I'm not enough. I'm really not enough. You're right. And they don't try.
0: Yeah.
1: You've got the other types that go, well, fuck you. I'm going to prove you wrong. And yeah, they're sort yeah. of typically your high performers, the driven ones that really pushed themselves forward, which is great. But... You hit, a, you hit a ceiling with that. That can only take you so far before you get stuck. And then at some point you've got to smash through that grass ceiling and understand what's driving that. Um, yeah, so really, they're the thoughts around self, self-belief and it's always a work in progress. The, the fastest way to do that is to go to therapy or work with a mindset coach to understand where they come from. And if you're up for it, mate, we can do a little, um, can do a little test, um, a little play of it doesn't have to be something that you're working on now but something that you might have struggled with in the past yeah. some of the questions that i'll ask will help you really help your listeners understand oh okay maybe i need to ask myself these questions if you're up for that
0: let's do it let's do it go on in. no pressure but let's do it <laughs> all right well
1: think about a time when um can you think about a time where you lack self-belief yes i can yes
0: all right well just describe that what was happening so for me, if I was to think back of a time that I lacked self-belief, um, we'll go back to a little bit younger when I was playing football. So for <laughs> me, the, the, my self-belief came when I was stepping into junior, into men's football. And I kind of felt like for myself, like, bloody hell, like this is my first season in men's football. Like everyone has pitchers, experience. They've done men's football for years. I don't, I don't suit, I don't fit here. I, I, I don't play like these guys. I'm not as strong as these guys. And I think because of that, it had a huge impact on my performance. Because like you say, you know, when you mentioned when you go into a boxing fight and you've lost before you've even started, I kind of felt like that was me. Like I was to a point where my confidence was so low because I didn't believe in my ability as a newcomer, we'll call it, to the point where that actually massively impacted. So yeah, I'll say probably going from junior to men's football um, was, was a big time I lacked self-belief.
1: Okay. So usually there's an emotion or a feeling that's associated with that lack of self-belief. So imagine being that kid going into the men's team. Where in your body would you point as to where you experience that lack of self-belief? Would it be your head, your chest, your shoulders, your stomach? You know legs? I would
0: say, I would say a mix between my chest and stomach. I used to get really butterflies, but I also kind of felt like I felt it felt it in my heart a little bit as well, if that makes sense. Yeah. But I would say I felt, I definitely felt like I had the butterflies, but I'll I say chest and stomach mainly.
1: And was it a heavy feeling or a light feeling?
0: Heavy, very heavy.
1: Is there pressure? Or no a pressure? lot of
0: pressure, a lot of pressure. Yeah. yeah.
1: Hot, cold.
0: Oh, well, yeah, boiling hot. I was sweating before I even walked yeah. out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> when was it worse? When um, did this come up? Was it big games? Every game?
0: Do you know what? It was actually, I, I personally, for me, I actually found it worse in games that weren't considered as big. I felt like they're the games you're just expected to perform in. Like, oh, this game's not massive. You, you know, you're expected to perform in this one. And then it's a, all of a sudden it's extra pressure. I found in the big games I perform much better because there weren't, I didn't feel as much pressure attached to it. So I would actually say the games that weren't considered as big, I probably attached a little bit more pressure and had that feeling a little bit more often.
1: Hmm. And what was the belief about yourself as a person at that age? Begin that sentence with I, I am, or I'm not.
0: I am not ready. What was because? the sentence? Because I didn't think I had enough experience. I didn't think I had that, uh, you know, the, the the know-how, the experience, the ability. So I uh, yeah, I'll say that 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 will be it for me. And that means that I'm not good enough.
1: Right. So that's the kind of code, that's the subconscious line of code that's saying I'm not good enough because I'm not experienced, I don't have this, yeah. I don't have that, you know. And what we've done there is we put loads of boxes around that feeling, so we know that it's in your chest, it's in your stomach. You know that the heat, you know the temperature, you know there's pressure. You know when it's worse, and when you start to put boxes around that, you probably didn't feel like that all the time, but it come up during during those games. So now we can put boxes around, then we can start to go to work. We can start to go. Well, when was the first time that you started to? feel that feeling and you can go back to those memories and reprocess them in a way that allows you to un- unlock that so what we've done there is we just helped you understand well what is the feeling when is it worse and then we can start exploring well what's the upside so if i asked you if we shifted that feeling for you at that age what would happen
0: yeah wow confidence be for the roof and i i generally believe if i had that mindset shift then in my football career, I would have went a lot further. I'm glad, in hindsight, I'm glad I didn't because I really found like this is my calling in regards to coaching. And if somebody said you can flip the switch right now and become a footballer, I'd say no within a, a second, within a heartbeat because I truly am passionate for what I do at this moment in time. So I'm all, I always feel like the stars align and it happens for a reason. But without knowing what I know now and if I was to rewind to that point, I feel like if I had that mindset shift earlier, my career within football would have gone a, a lot further and a lot quicker.
1: Hmm. And from a behavior perspective, what would be different?
0: I guess the way I carry myself on a day-to-day basis um, and confidence in other areas, because obviously, you know, as a byproduct, having, you know, lacking self-belief and confidence in one area can quite easily make you question yourself and, and, you know, second-guess things in other areas. So I suppose from a behavior perspective... I would probably behave different in other areas of my life, be it relationships, be it at the time, education, um, well, you know, in regards to like school and so forth. Um, so yeah, I'd probably say it would have a massive impact to my confidence and behavior in other areas as well.
1: Right, so now you can start to understand. We've really started to understand the, the context of when this lack of self-belief comes up. When you start to understand, if you're listening to this, go back and listen to those questions and just start to write them down, you'll start to go, ah, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, actually, my lack of self-belief is worse in these moments, or I feel it in my stomach, or I feel it in my chest. Just go back, listen through each question, and what you'll start to understand is, when you become aware of it, you take away some of its power, but when you're not aware of it, this stuff is yeah. just working in the subconscious mind, burning up bandwidth, burning up energy, burning up creativity, burning up decision-making. And you know, for you as a coach and as a business owner, they're really, really important. And If you're a high performer listening to this, it's really important that you optimize your energy, you optimize your time, you optimize your creativity. Otherwise, you just sat there waste, literally leaving wasted potential yeah. on the table. So that's where we're a bit different to mental health because mental health and mental performance are very different. Mental health is, I'm, I'm in trouble. I need to raise my hand. My, my physical and psychological health is, is seriously unwell. So mental health for a therapist's job is to take you from feeling unwell to feeling okay. Yeah mental performance is about taking you from unwell and you don't have to start unwell some of my best clients have started from a place where everything was good they didn't even know how they could get better but they had this sort of idea of maybe I can and they did it anyway you know yeah. our job is to take you regardless as to where you are on the spectrum and get you to a place of being able to perform being able to be consistent be able to have creativity and be able to love what you do so that's the that's the difference whereas a lot of people think oh it's just a Thera- I don't need therapy it's a, it's a, it's a whatever but the difference between pef- performance and therapy is we're yeah, looking massive. for an outcome that's going to drive that versus just the more more make you feel okay you know yeah. so when you start asking these sorts of questions when do you lack self-belief you can start to become aware of it and then you start asking questions like well if you had the opposite of that feeling how would you know wow I, I, right.
0: I almost I almost just want to take a second and just Sit back and just think about my answers a second ago. That was a really, really powerful exercise that I haven't done before. And I encourage anybody who's listening, you know, when you're listening for the first time, you're probably just listening to the words and actually go back five minutes, rewind, start that again, but actually press pause and think about these answers that get uh, questions that Kieran's asking. And just think about your own answers yourself, because it is going to unlock a part of your brain that you probably didn't quite realize. And maybe just open a door to, to understand. And like you say, be aware of it. Because, you know, when you're aware, you can control. And, you know, it, it don't have to be something that's burning in the back of your mind. Like for me, I don't feel like, you know, my my struggles when I was younger playing football necessarily has a huge impact on me right now. But when you do do an exercise like this and you actually reflect, you can kind of draw a few lines and connect a few dots go so potentially couple of months ago when I didn't quite give my everything towards this could that I've had a knock-on effect from when I was you know 18 and I was playing football so I really do think anybody who's listening to this honestly go back I just experienced a bit of a moment there so go back and experience that moment yourself and press pause and actually take in those questions because it might just show you some underlying things that could really help you improve your mental performance to a whole new level so thank you for mind on that one that was that was a really really good exercise that's still good all good amazing so one thing i'd like to lean on is kind of like mindset mastery okay so kind of like what would you say are the three controllable pillars that can master mindset the three but it could be like i know you lent on the idea of having a good boardroom around you for instance so let's say you know that might be one but what would you say are the biggest things that we can control to kind of achieve mindset mastery you know to the highest standard structure number one
1: um if you don't have a good structure, your emotions and your physical and mental performance will be all over the place. So simple, such an overlooked thing, yeah. but knowing when you're gonna eat, when you're gonna train, when you're gonna sleep, when you're, when you're on, when you're off, having themes as to which days of times of day that you're working when you're off, what you're doing when you're doing it. That is such an underrated yeah. key for mindset mastery. It's like, it's so simple. Um, and that'll adjust, that'll adjust, you know, if you have a kid, all of a sudden a lot of that goes out the window, <laughs> or yeah. if you move time zone, for example, that's going to change things. So uh, I work with a lot of people that travel a lot. So again, their time zones are consistently changing across, you know, all of their travel. So they have to use certain tools and apps to help them stay on track. They still need to structure. Yeah. So number one is structure. Uh, number two, I would say is um, a deeper understanding of self. So for example, you have to grow through the problems that you're going to be experiencing. Yeah. You've got to grow through them and you wouldn't, just like you wouldn't put, you know, a hundred kilos on somebody that's never squatted before. You'd give them just the bar first and you'd be like, right, squat with that first. And then you kind of layer that on, but you can't squat a hundred kilos or 200 kilos psychologically. If you haven't put the foundations in. Yeah. So understanding and doing the work with a therapist, with a mindset, whoever, because you can't, You cannot grow to your peak performance if you have all of this stuff, and you won't know the answers that you don't have. You haven't asked. If no one's ever asked you that question, so for example, today, no one's ever asked you those questions before. No, if you don't have anyone to ask you those questions, how can you really go to the depths of your mindset and understand what is it that's driving that? You you can't.
0: No, of course you can't. Um, Absolutely.
1: And if you look at some of the top performers in the world, they just understand who they're about, they understand their story, they understand what makes them tick, what doesn't make them tick. And then they're able to share that with the people around them in order to get their performance. So the second part is doing the work, going underneath the subconscious mind and going, what is that about? Why do I do what I do? And the third one one I would say is probably decision-making. So how can you make the best decisions? without it's not making decisions without emotion because every decision has to come through an emotion it doesn't you can't just make it just on data it doesn't work like that you've got to trust your intuition but if you're in an angry place probably not a good idea to send off the email to the person that's pissed you off you know if you're in a low mood probably not a good idea to sort of you know get up and 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 do things where you need to turn up for people if you're yeah. in a really low depressive place, yeah, yeah, so it's a tricky one, but decision making will impact almost everything. But how do you make good decisions? Number one, understanding who you are, understanding your emotions, number two, understanding um, when to make those decisions based on your mindset, and number three, having a good boardroom around you of, of solid operators that have been there, they've done it, yeah. so then you can ask them for some, for some advice. And number four is just having all the data that you can. The number five is actually making the decision. Yeses yeah. are great, no's are good, but it's the maybes that will kill you. So if you get stuck in maybe land, you're just going round and round and round. Yeah, and round. yeah. Absolutely. So I'd say that they're, the three, they're the three pillars. Number one, structure. Number two, do the deeper emotional work. And then number three, uh, decision making. And that will come off the back of number two and number one.
0: Absolutely. And I think, you know, the the big correlation there is just understanding you as a person as best as you possibly can, because when it comes to you now building your very best structure, that's probably going to come off the back of like your emotions, and your decision making. So for instance, if I'm now sitting back and I'm building my structure, I know that I'm super productive in the morning. So I know you'll get the best of my mood in regards to, you know, deep work and focus. I know I'll get more done in the morning, which has a byproduct of me. Right. I feel productive. I feel great come midday. I feel productive and great. So I'm in a good mood. I might go do my workout. I might go jump on some cool, you whatever it may now be. But because I'll then understand me as a person, you know, the times of day that my energy is high, my focus is high. And so forth, I can start to build my structure around that. And like you say, I think kind of scratching a little bit beneath the surface is something I think people are very blocked off to. Um, I I can imagine a little bit intimidated of, which would would make a lot of sense. You know, I'm sure you've experienced that quite a few times where people purposely push it away because they're afraid of what they might uncover. But, you know, sometimes it does take that that one moment of courage just to reach out to somebody like yourself or you know wherever it may now be just to go right let me just scratch beneath the service there might be nothing there but at least i know and i have clarity on this scenario would you agree
1: definitely you gotta remember the subconscious mind doesn't want to change of course because it's kept you alive up until this moment so what you've experience with your clients which is resistance to changing their diet resistance to changing their training or their sleeping or their habits because the subconscious mind really only cares about keeping you alive because it's pretty old school it's it's old school tech the limbic system um it's just trying to keep you alive so that part of you that's like I don't know if I want to go in there I don't know if I want to open Pandora's box just just your mind trying to keep you alive but we don't live in the jungle anymore we live in a society we live in a results driven world you know for you to consistently perform and do well and and survive. It's based on results. You don't just you don't just survive based on turning up because you're part of the tribe. It's like you've got to deliver. So with that, you've got to do stuff to evolve out of that old limbic system. And the limbic system is always going to be there. But when you have that resistance, usually it's the subconscious mind trying to keep it alive because it's like, why should I change? Doesn't want to change. We're not built to change. We're built to do the same shit that's kept us alive. It's why. And another part of this is our our environments have evolved much faster than we have. So our bodies and our minds are evolved for a world of scarcity, but we're in a world of abundance. The fact that we can walk into the fridge and just go, fucking look at all of that. Wow. I didn't even have to kill anything. This is just jump on on your
0: phone and deliver ooze right there. (laughs) Bang done. We've got this app called
1: Instashop where within 15 minutes, I can order a pint of milk. It's just at my front door. It's mental. So like when you have that, um, when you have that world, you're having to readjust and reassess and you have to understand, well, what's driving that? It's just natural selection and, and survival. So that thing that's holding you back, of course, you don't want it to change. But yeah, at some point, you've got to go there. If you really want to be a leader, if you really want to be a top performer, you've got to open the Pandora's box, you've got to dive in and go, what is it? And often in there's the parts where you don't, you don't like about yourself and you're just not aware of it, you're just completely unaware. And it's like, well, surely not. But this isn't for mental health. This isn't for mental health. This is for performance. There's a a difference. Because most therapists looking at these puzzles are going to go, I mean, if they're not, you know, if they're all right, they're all right. Whereas we don't look at it like that. We're looking for the extra 1% to 4% performance gains where it's like, well, hang on. If they're hesitating around every single decision, that's impacting their decision-making. If we can reduce that hesitation and increase confidence, how is that going to compound over the next week, two weeks, four weeks, you know, quarter, years, and whatever. So that's really like the the key difference is understanding well I've got to go in there I don't want to go in there I feel like I don't need to go in there but there's a part of me that knows there's more and that's really a sign
0: that you need to break through it so that's it I think we're like I say I think we're just so conditioned to be comfortable and I think in particular you know in the UK we're very conditioned to be comfortable you know and I know for example yourself living in Dubai I know it's quite it's quite different because you know you walk around there's big buildings there's futuristic stuff there's a lot of inspiration there's a lot of motivation there's a lot of people surrounding you who are used to just stepping out that comfort zone but I think especially in the UK we're we're so conditioned to just be comfortable just get by you know get your nine to five and you know you'll be all right and you know just get by be comfortable you'll be fine but I think if we really truly want to unlock our full potential and really see you know where do my passion lie? You know, where do I, what do I love to do? Where do I love to be? You really have to step outside of your comfort zone. And like, you know, you know, growth is in the comfort zone. You're not going to grow when you're just nice, comfortable sitting back on cruise control. So I think with that opening the Pandora's box and just getting uncomfortable, I think, you know, one thing that I think I found and um, I was listening to a mental man that said it as well is, we, under, we overestimate what we can achieve in the short term, but we massively underestimate what we can achieve in the long term. And, you know, I spoke about this on the podcast recently as well. The things that as human beings of what we have the potential to achieve is absolutely incredible. I mean, we put people on the moon. We've created cars, telephones, light bulbs. Like there's so much potential within a human. And I think, you know, I, I you like like we just went through with the exercise, you know, self-belief it is a tough thing. You know, you're going to have certain things through upbringing or what people have told you or things that you might've seen on social media, whatever it may be that kind of damage and limit that self-belief. But sometimes it is just kind of speaking to the right people, having the right boardroom around you, just to show you, you've got so much potential. Look at what we can do. All you now need to do is step out of that comfort zone or find somebody to be held accountable to that believes in you. And you're truly just going to unlock all these things that, you know, that you now have in front of you. And I think it's such a special thing. People like yourself, who really help people unlock that extra level that they didn't know they have. And all of a sudden, that person can then carry on to 100 different people to show look, I didn't believe myself, but now I'm here. You're in the same boat as I used to be. Now I'm here. Look at what you could also do. And I think that's absolutely incredible. That's it. Tolerance. Exactly, yeah. So before we finish off the uh, back end of this podcast, what is total mental performance? For those listening, you know, I know the vast majority of it is in the name, but if you were to describe total mental performance, what would you say?
1: It's the ability to navigate the world in a way where you still have hit peak performance, you still feel confident and you feel limitless, but when things aren't going your way, you can surrender to them and just be because I think I mean all of our clients are all high performance they're all in Absolutely. the top one to two percent of the fitness industry in terms of coaching and they can get caught up in the game they can take the game too seriously they can think oh I need to be here I need to be doing this but I haven't done this and they put a lot of pressure on themselves because a lot of the foundation they've built has been on I will validate myself for overachievement but it's understanding that you're enough, you're always enough, and you regardless as to what's coming at you, you're clear on who you are, you're clear on what you wanna do, you're clear on what you wanna achieve. When shit hits the fan, instead of beating yourself up for that, you can surrender to it and go, well, today is not my day. It doesn't mean you give up, it just means that you just work through it. And it's having that almost like Bruce Lee says, but being like water, you put it into yeah. a bottle, it becomes a bottle, you put it into a cup, it becomes the cup, put it into a teapot, it becomes the teapot, it can flow, it can crash. So if you be like water, regardless of what's happening on the outside world, you can still manage your inside world. And that's really what we do. We allow you to manage your inside world. So they say, if you've conquered the enemy within, it's an African proverb, the enemy outside, you can do no harm. So we help you conquer the enemy within. So then no matter what's happening in the outside world, you're in a place where it's like, all right, let's go.
0: Kind of just walking around with a force field on all the time.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, well, I,
1: they call it, um, the firewall, some people call it their fuck off shield. It's like, well, look, shield.
0: whatever happens, happens.
1: Yeah, and like a happens, uh, happens.
0: podcast, how to find your fuck off shield. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, whatever anyway. happens,
1: happens, you know. And yeah, you just understand, absolutely. like, well, regardless, I'm okay. I was always okay. And it's that confident, limitless belief where regardless as to what happens, you'll be all right. And I think that's pretty much what our clients come away with. They come away with a mental resilience peak performance and productivity and limitless
0: self-belief, really. Absolutely. I love that word as well, limitless. I think that's a really good way to segue into the back end: building your fuck off shield and becoming limitless. Absolutely love it. So dude, thank you so much for joining us for the last 30 minutes. This has been absolutely incredible. And I think if people are listening, truly actually taking the words and practice the exercises as well, they'll take an absolute abundance from this podcast, but not just this podcast, yourself as well. So if you wouldn't mind telling the people where they can find you, on social media as well so they can get even more value from yourself
1: for sure so it's a total at total 20 performance on
0: instagram Uh, we've also got a website where you can get a free email optimization course www.total20performance.com amazing dude thank you so much for joining us and to everybody listening thank you so much for spending the last 30 minutes with us and we'll be seeing you in the next episode take care